Thank you for downloading episode one of the How'd That Happen podcast. On today's show, we give a brief introduction to the show and interview Jeff Howard, a drummer for the band Three's a Crowd. Cue the music. Hey everybody, thanks for the download and welcome to the How'd That Happen podcast. My name is Tony and with me is my buddy, Adam. Hey Adam, guys. how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. We're excited to, to do this. We've been we've been talking about this for a long time and, and we're excited to finally get it started. So um, just to give you a little bit of background, this is what we are. This is what we, this is what we do. Um, the, the name How'd, the, How'd That Happen podcast came along because we have a lot of friends and some people that are doing some some pretty cool stuff and uh we wanted to bring some light to that and and do some storytelling yeah all that stuff that makes you think well how'd that happen how on earth did that happen seriously yeah how'd that happen how, how did you get to be doing that doesn't make any sense yeah how'd we do this i don't well, know maybe that's an upcoming episode Ooh, we'll see i don't think people will be entertained by that well i'm not concerned about entertaining people <laughs> good point this is for me <laughs> That's this good. is all about me it's all about me always this and now our reoccurring segment called random facts adam that's right we want to just share some interesting tidbits it's just stuff we come across actually one of my favorite places to come across these is the daily knowledge podcast which you can check out it's just a daily podcast of just a random fact it's five to ten minutes i highly recommend you check it out but you know, uh real quick adam yeah Maybe this is out of line, but and and uh, I think one thing that maybe we skipped over was kind of how we got this idea. And I think oh, talking yeah. about uh, the Daily Knowledge podcast um, prompted me to think that because Adam and I have been big listeners of podcasts. We have different interests and in things, and uh, some of it's musical, some of it's just knowledge based. And uh, so we've we've been very inspired by the podcasts that we listen to, and this is just one of those podcasts that that really made us think we can we could do that that'd be fun so anyways yeah absolutely random facts random facts adam whitmore okay here's the deal we're gonna start out with a random fact about jim thorpe okay one of the greatest athletes of all time back in the early 1900s he was tearing up basically every sport that existed he's probably most well known for college football and also uh, winning a couple gold medals at the 1912 olympics for the decathlon and pentathlon, which pentathlons, they don't exist anymore. That's, that's like not it's a just thing. just wrong, though. Which, I, I, yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, really. Yeah. Take the hurdles away, put pentathlon back in there. Yeah, it seems, sounds like a good idea. Five things. It's yeah. a good number. So, Especially if it includes the javelin. Does it? Did the pantathlon include that? I don't know. We'll check that. It would be really cool if it was the javelin with a target, not just the, the length. Yeah, not just going for distance. Why wouldn't you be going for a target? Right. Like a guy you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that actually happens sometimes, track and field events. I've seen videos. <laughs> I've been impaled. Javelin to the arm kind of stuff. <laughs> I love to YouTube that. Yeah, so I, as far as I know, that was not anything that happened with Jim Thorpe. But here's something that I thought was interesting. Be cool if it did. He did all that stuff, right? He's winning gold medals. He's, he's a professional football, basketball, and baseball athlete. 
1912, he was also the intercollegiate ballroom dancing champion. That's pretty awesome. A national champion. I mean, it says a lot right. about his athleticism, but really? He took the time to dance with the ladies, too, apparently. Well, especially at the time, if you think about that, in 1912, how many guys danced? I don't know. Maybe it was really common. It was 102 I years ago. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. But maybe it, maybe it wasn't. Yeah. I, that's actually happened more recently than the Cubs winning the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was a devious laugh. Sorry for that's that. a great point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll do that one. Let's uh, talk about another interesting fact, which would be. Oh, this is a good one. I like this one. Are we doing two? I assume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, this is near and dear to my heart because I, I enjoy sweets and candies. But uh, cotton candy as we know it was invented by a dentist in 1897. Uh, the dude's name was John C. Wharton. It was originally a sugar candy called Fairy Floss. Uh, and the name cotton candy ended up becoming popular in the 1920s. No word on how his invention impacted his dentistry practice is what is what this says so i find it very interesting that uh a dentist is responsible for the invention of cotton candy that just tells me he's in it for the money that's right it's like i don't care about kids teeth that just means more work for me have some candy kid see you tomorrow for your uh cavity filling yeah i mean my dentist drives a real nice corvette did they have corvettes back then no Model T, yeah, no, that was, yeah. So he was probably driving the nicest Model T that you know had a nice Auga horn, pimped out like crazy. <laughs> yeah, they were all convertibles back then, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, there you have it. So in in today's episode, we have a gentleman uh, by the name of Jeff Howard who's in a in a, a drummer in a band in in West Michigan. Um, They've, they've done some pretty cool stuff. They do a lot of shows, um, have some, some pretty, pretty solid music. But his, his backstory and the, the band's backstory, we found quite interesting. Any thoughts, Adam? Yeah, well, these guys, like you said, they're a very active band in the area. They played 93 shows that's in 2013. Shows. That's, that's really busy. So they're, they're one of the most active and sought-after cover bands in the area um, they played at some big stuff like uh, the Celebration on the Grand for the 4th of July. They were the headlining act. So these guys are playing to thousands of people. And one interesting part of that, not just the fact that they're very active and in demand, is the fact that the members of the band, several of them, well, everyone except for Jeff, happens to be of the Vander Ark family, which is uh, kind of uh, famous around here for... Local West Michigan celebrities. Yes, Exactly. For their involvement with the band uh, The Verve Pipe Which their fame Starts in the 90s with Their big hit The Freshman if you can remember that single Was that I'm going to say mid to late 90s I think I was in college at the time So 97-ish maybe Yeah so with, within Three's a Crowd is Brad Vanderark. He played bass for The Verve Pipe And then they are led by Their singer and guitar player Scott Vanderark. And uh, then they also have Sydney Vanderark. She uh, sings. So, so they got a lot of cool stuff going on. And Jeff's done some other things. He's, uh, he's been in other bands in the past and got some cool stories about them. 
Um, he's he's been on and been the drummer for four different full length uh, recorded albums of original material, which is pretty awesome. And uh, he's an expert in stuff like the viscosity of ketchup. That's the world we know him best, though. That's right. Pretty uh, pretty exciting stuff. That's right. Here, where Tony and I are employed. We are employed, yes. That's right. We have jobs at Gordon Food Service in Grand Rapids. Believe it or not, this is not a career. This, yeah, it's not yet. That's, that's the operative word. It's only a matter of time before this gets so big that it destroys all of our personal relationships and professional careers outside of it. Yeah, there'll be 2020 specials on us, Dateline, you know, that's all the stuff. I mean, we're preparing for that. I'm talking to my family about it. I'm letting them know this is coming. Yeah, get ready for big egos. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger. <laughs> so we got a lot of cool stuff to talk to Jeff about. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. He's, he's a, a great guy. He's got a lot of really cool, uh, in my opinion at least, backstories and interesting things to, to say. And uh, we're excited to share it with you guys. So, Jeff. How'd that happen? How'd that happen? Well, it's been a kind of a long, twisted tale that if you'd asked me long ago, I never, in, well, in my dreams, I would have thought that I'd be doing what I'm doing now, and I'm about to be 53, but I never thought that I'd still be playing drums, certainly not every week, um, when I was just a young buck. So when you say just a young buck... Yes. When did that interest begin? Yeah. Well, it it, uh, it kind of hit me like a lightning bolt one day, and I don't I can't explain it, but I remember uh, I grew up in Farmington, outside of Detroit, and of course Motown was big um, yeah. in the late '60s and all that, and so I lived I lived over there, and I remember driving around with my mom one day in our um, I, I think it was a Volkswagen, and we had gone to the grocery store, and I remember there was Motown playing on the radio, like there always was. And I remember I was tapping on the dashboard with my hands. And I don't remember ever doing that before. And then I got home and I was like, oh, you know, I wanna, I wanna try to play drums or something. So I got a stack of magazines and two pencils and I put on some records. I, I think it was the Beach Boys even. And I was just trying to play around with that. And I did that for a while and then I decided, well, I, I want a drum. And so then um, I went and the in the wanted ads and I found this used snare drum I only bought one drum and it came with its own stand and um, I didn't find out what I had until years later but I bought my first drum I paid $30 for it's a 1939 Ludwig wood snare deep shell that's worth um, I think hundreds of dollars and um, it's still still the snare that I use every day. Wow! Now. Is it really? Yeah. No. I, way. I bought it when I was fourteen. That's, That's incredible. Awesome. <laughs> That's with, awesome. Yeah, with the, with my uh, paper route money, you know. So, but even then, I mean, thirty dollars was not that much for a drum. And uh, so, yeah, pe- people see my drum who who are drummers, and they they'll often come up when I'm setting up, and they go. What kind of drum is that? That's that's not your that's not your run of the mill drum that you see play out, but it it sounds good. That's awesome. Yeah. So was was there anything musical in your family? Like, did you have that around you? Just it's just you. It kind of started with Jeff Howard. Yeah, I mean, my mom was always listening to records and just a very different genre than than you know. I I really like the Motown beat, you know, because all that yeah. had a very strong beat and a and a groove to it. So that just really spoke to me. And so I just kind of dinked around 
uh, with with that drum. Um, never took lessons. Um, I actually, I, I um, we actually went to the high school, and I was, uh, I think I was, must have been a ninth grade or so, and my mom inquired about getting me into the band. Well, to get into band when you're ninth grade, um, it's kind of hard when you don't know how to read music and had never been in band before. So they said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Um, you can't join the school band. So, okay. So, so that started the next phase of my life, which was um, just playing to records in my basement okay. and, and playing all different kinds. And, um, and by this time, you're rounding out your set. You've, yes. You've got a full kit now. Maybe. Yeah, you know, I went and uh, you know, bought just some beat-up used sets, and I, I went through a few of them over the years. Um, just real cheapy yeah. drum sets I kind of pieced together. So at this point, though, Jeff, you're basically mimicking what you're listening to. Yes, yep. And, and so I liked, uh, I was into the art rock stuff, so I listened to a lot of Genesis and Rush oh, and yeah. Yes, which had more complicated drum stuff. And just playing like the Motown stuff that that you know originally drew me in, it was very boring because it's it's just like the same thing over and over. And I wanted uh, something different, so um, I, I say you know like Phil Collins in his heyday, he taught me how to play drums, yeah. you know, in my basement, and uh, certainly near Neil Peart and um, and Alan White from Yes, you know, I I listened to all that stuff, and um, so so I did that for years, and um, I was kind of a loner in high school and that was I was either doing homework or playing my drums you know yeah and uh, did that for years and still at this point you, you had no formal training you're no just, no, just... no formal and, and actually I thought well you know I still like it um, and we actually had a family friend who taught drum lessons and I was already playing you know some you know whatever you'd be hearing on the radio um, and so I went to her house, I said, yeah, you know, I want to take a lesson. She go, okay. So she sat me down at her kitchen table and started, okay, we're gonna go. I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, I'm already playing a full kit and you know, I don't need to know my, my paradiddles and my flams and my, right. all my rudiments and I'm really not interested because um, I'm really just doing it for fun. So, so then I went off to college and um, one night that's uh, a bit fuzzy to me. Um, I, somehow I joined a band that night. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a story behind yeah, that somewhere, right? A, yeah, I, I, I can't divulge that now. But, but 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 I remember waking up the next morning, going, "I think I joined a band last night," and it, it was this very obscure band. And and I know a lot of music, and I knew a lot of music at the time. And um, the the lead guitar player and his girlfriend were like the the leaders of the band. And um, we, I only knew one song that we were attempting to do, and we had a, a bass player. And I actually went to this guy's apartment once, and he had literally hundreds of albums. And I, I sat there for like over an hour looking through. I did not know one record that he had. And I was like, you know, he was just, he was just this obscure indie alt, you know, whatever it was in, you know, 1982, um, just weird stuff. And that's hard harder to get into in 1982 than it is you know in 2014 where we can go search for all sorts of you know it's, it's easy to find yeah you know, a lot like of obscure I, bands now but 1982 how, how do you get into that well not to mention yeah. just the production of putting you know how, how does an indie band put a record out i assume they yeah. were vinyl right oh yeah yeah and it's, it's like there's all these i mean they, they could have been national artists it's like I, I just never heard of any of these bands yeah. 
And uh, so anyway, uh, so, so this, this is the beginning of, of the next chapter, which was um, we, we were practicing in the dorm in the basement, and we got um, uh, yelled at a few times by, by the dorm supervisors because it's supposed to be a study hall, and we were taking a room not much bigger than this, and we were cranking up the amps and playing drums, and they were like, yeah, this, people are trying to study and stuff. Well, I'm sorry, I'm a paying university student, and um, <laughs> this space is mine too, so, so we went round and around, and finally we stopped doing that. But anyway, we were leading up, there was a talent show in our, in our dorm. So Jeff, did you go to a big college? Little yeah, college? Yeah, I, I, I started out going downtown here to, to CC, and okay. then, I, then I went to MSU. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot you were a Spartan. Like yeah, this. I'm a Spartan, yeah. yeah right Maybe on. we shouldn't divulge that. <laughs> that's right. Ah, well, go, go green. Go white. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so so then we did this talent show, and um, is, is, we, we were one of the, the first bands on, and we we were playing this obscure mu music. I mean, it was it was listenable, but it was it was just kind of different. And um, I remember one of the songs we played, and there was like there was like a uh, a two or four measure break, and and it was um, it's supposed to be this drum solo, and so um, just kind of tongue in cheek, you know, our, our our girl singer, you know, we get to the point, she goes drum solo, and I just sat there <laughs> until the until the very last beat, and I, and I went. On my floor, Tom, and, and that was my drum solo. And um, unbeknownst to me, there were guys from a more popular band that were sitting there watching us. And after after my band, which was called Kangaroo Court, we got done. We just we weren't interested in anything else, anybody else. So we packed up our stuff and we went back to our dorm rooms. Well, later that night, I get a knock on the door, and I have no idea how these guys tracked me down, but they figured out who I was, and I played the drums for this other band and they're like we want you to be in our band i'm like i don't even know who you guys are so anyway um they were in a band called the pinheads and um and they had been um the very they'd all gone to the same high school over in k-pack which is over by the thumb and um they had started this band called the pinheads as a joke as a parody of rock bands and new wave bands in the early 80s oh, yeah. as a joke and they were like, they were like the Beatles of K-Pack. They just became so popular, and so yeah. then they started taking it seriously and playing Motown music and Jay Giles and Blues Brothers kind of stuff. And and they, a couple guys played horns, and so okay. they, they kind of did this thing. Oh, hey, and that's when I'm going back to my Motown stuff. Okay, through these guys. So anyway, so you joined these guys. <laughs> did you stick with the Kangaroo Court? No, I mean, and it was it was it was no big deal because you know, I wasn't really into the music, and um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think uh, the, the girl and the guitars, they broke up too. So it was just like all kind of fell apart and oh, yeah. it was no big deal. Yeah. So, so then the Pinheads were, were actually fairly popular in East Lansing at the time. And they were playing around and they, they had won a uh, recording contract by a battle of the bands. You know, it's like, oh, um, yeah. you know, how, how many votes do you get at the battle of the bands? Well, it's how many people you can draw to, yeah, to put your name exactly. in the hat. Well, they had won it and they actually, they, <laughs> I feel bad for his name was Mel something. He he was actually their drummer when they did the Battle of the Bands and won it, um, and part part of the deal was um, you won recording time. Well, they kicked him out, and then I got to go in and be the drummer. <laughs> so you ever looked Mel up on Facebook or anything? No, no. 
No, um, <laughs> he's probably like the drummer of some you know major band. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he was that good, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, it was it was. Uh, I'm sure afterward he 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 realized how obvious it was because I started coming to rehearsals and just sitting sitting back and listening, you know, because they would rehearse rehearse in larger spaces, yeah. and so it wouldn't be obvious. I was just oh no, you know, I just want to check you guys out. Oh no, I was memorizing all the songs yeah. they were playing. So so anyway, so. Um, yeah, so we did that, and we, we played out in bars and stuff in East Lansing as the Pinheads. And then an, another opportunity, our, I, I think our, our claim to fame then was, um, uh, I, I don't remember if we won a contest or something else, but we got to open up this day-long music festival at MSU. So like we were like the first or second band on, and then you know like six bands later, later was Huey Lewis and the News. And this was, oh, yeah. you know, 1983. Um, before his uh, sports album came out. He had it all recorded and everything, but he was in big legal um, wrangling with his record company, so it hadn't been released yet. And, I, you know, that became his their biggest se- selling album ever. Yeah. So, anyway, so, so they were, like, touring support of that, but the album really hadn't been released yet. Right. So anyway, so so we say, tongue-in-cheek, well, we opened for Huey Lewis, even though we were on six hours before him. <laughs> hey, it, it counts, man. Yeah. Like, so, so anyway, what, so... What kind of venue was it? How big was it? Um, it, it was it was a big a big uh, you know uh, open area uh, on the okay. MSU campus. You know they set up a big stage and you know I mean it was a big deal when when we were playing you know at noon or whatever there there weren't a whole lot of people there but it was it was well attended. So so that led to um, uh, if you think to the movie um, Back to the Future, the first one, well, Huey Lewis was in that movie as as the as a school teacher that was judging acts for the talent show, and he had his hair slicked back and he wore you know goofy looking glasses. And Man, it, I didn't I didn't realize that yeah. Huey Lewis was in there. It's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I need to watch it again. Yeah. Clearly. So, so our claim to fame is when Marty McFly comes out on the stage in the high school auditorium. And plugs in his his guitar and amp and gets feedback and he goes, "We're the Penheads." Ah, oh, oh, gotcha. So yeah, so so um, Huey remembered the Penheads and he put yeah. that in there. Yes, that's cool. That, Have that, you that, ever confirmed that? Um, you know, I um, Huey Lewis uh, played for our our annual meeting, and the annual meeting is a big Christmas party that Gordon Food Service puts on, where they bring in entertainers. And so um, I was able to talk to the right people here at GFS and, and got to go backstage because I wanted to say, hey, I was in the Penheads, you know, and you use that line in the movie. And um, it was really a bubble burster because he was just a cranky old man. It was like, he was like, and, and I know, I, I think he's, he, I know he's still touring right now, um, if not here, then over in Europe. Yeah. Um, it was like he's six years old. It's pa- it's nine thirty. It's past my bedtime. Leave me alone. I want to go to bed, and um, just just kind of got the, the ultimate cold shoulder. You know, I was so looking forward to meeting him and, and just reconfirming that. I got nothing. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Come on. Here. I think it's fair to say that that you deserve credit. For yeah. That. You know, that's that, that's a story we're sticking with. And, yeah. and and the other thing about the pinheads is uh, we are still all best friends today. Um, and we get together once a year with our with our families and stuff, um, and we all turned out remarkably well for what a bunch of knuckleheads we were. <laughs> and do they still play too? Um, one one uh, the, the guy who played who played bass, he's actually a very successful architect in Detroit. Um, 
and he, he plays, I think, acoustic guitar sometimes in his church. Um, the, the guy that was our lead singer slash sax player, he is now a state representative, Dan Lowers, and which just cracks me up because, <laughs> I mean, I knew these guys when they were just knuckleheads, and you know, t- today's election day, and so it's like, uh, yeah, you know, vote for Dan Lowers. I'm like, yeah, I... I have enough dirt on that guy to bury him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the opposition's going to be knocking at your door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so, so, so then, you know, we graduated from college, and um, that was really the, the end of us performing, but not mm. the end of our friendship. So. Yeah, but you guys had recorded an album. You had a studio album. What, what we did is, is we got to record two tracks we basically had okay. six hours of recording time yeah and so um we spent a lot of time on one song which ironically was called politics yeah. uh, was, was the name of the song and um and that wound up on a local album put out by a um the local radio station of of local bands with original music so oh, yeah. yeah so somewhere somewhere is it uh, out there do you have the, the, yeah I have, I have a couple copies of the album and you know we're on it so that'd be awesome to hear yeah Seriously, you need to um you need to transfer those to cd I, or something I, I i do have it as as an mp3 i'll i'll shoot it to send you. it to awesome. awesome. we need to play it at the end of the at yeah. the end of the show yeah. for sure yeah 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 yep. so 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 that so that was our our claim to fame so then i graduated and then i didn't do anything you know um, for years, for years, yeah. I mean, I not I, even not even messing around on your own, just kind of like just um, kind of move on with your life, do other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I I really don't remember because it was shortly after that I got married, and um, I I still had the drums, but I really never had the opportunity, to, you know, to yeah. play them. So and we really wasn't interested. Well, then um, we started going to a new church here in Grand Rapids, and and their music was an organ. And maybe an occasional acoustic guitar, and uh, we were going there. And after a year or so, um, one of the pastors said, came up to me and said, "Somebody told me that you play drums." I was like, "Well, I, I did. I don't, you know, I'm not that good, and I, you know, I just don't know." And he said, "Well, we're we're thinking of tr- move, trying to move to more contemporary style of music, kind of get away from the organ, or at least start a Sunday night more contemporary service. I said, eh, so I'll, yeah, I'll do that. How many years later was this, Jeff? Um, this was uh, probably 1990, 91, so I graduated from college in 85, so this was like okay. five, six years later, really not doing anything. Yeah. Um, and so it was such you know a culture shock to our church, so um, my, my drums, I didn't have bottom heads on the tom, so I literally stuffed pillows inside the toms and I was playing with brushes and just playing really lightly um, so as to not to offend too many people the fact that we would even have drums in church up up by the altar let's, let's so. ease people into this a yes. little bit I mean. yeah so so did that but but that was a great lesson and taught me how to play very softly hmm. and um, out of necessity and uh, you know what what I understand now and seeing other people is um, a lot of drummers can play loud and fast but not yeah. Not, it, it, it's it's actually very difficult to play um, uh, nimbly, softly. I believe it. So, uh, so so that was another skill that I just you know acquired over time out of necessity. Um, so I did that, and then uh, there were people in our church um, who were writing original music, um, contemporary Christian music, 
and um, really felt a mission that they wanted to go and share that. And so we just said, hey, why don't we get together, you know, one night a week and just start practicing. Well, long story short, we were together for seven years. We made three full-length CDs wow. of, of all original music. We traveled all around West Michigan um, playing at different churches. And the name of the band was the Strong Tower Band. Okay. Um, and that's that. That's the title of a, of a Phil Keggy um, song. If you know who Phil Keggy is, um, his voice sounds sounds like sounds like Paul McCartney. Okay. Um, hmm. Almost exactly, but he is a uh, just a, a phenomenal um, guitarist, hmm. um, both acoustic and electric. And if you look at Guitarist Magazine, he is like one one of the one of the top people, one of the top guitarists in the world. And he only has four fingers on one of his hands too. Wow! Really? So Phil Keggy, look him up. Yeah, I anyway, to that guy, YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yep. So so anyway, um, we uh, we were like guinea pigs, and churches would invite us as this band oh. to come in. Uh, churches that had organs still, and say, "Yeah, we're going to have this special music group come in, and we would play some of our own originals as well as do more, a little bit more amped up version of the traditional hymns." And then we would pack up our stuff and leave, and leave that church to discuss amongst themselves: was that a good thing or a bad thing, and do they want to go in that direction? So we we actually stayed fairly busy doing that, um, uh, you know, from like 1992 to to 99. Wow! That time frame, there were probably not a lot of contemporary services, right? There, there there really weren't. You know, we played uh, you know Calvary Church on the Boundline. We played out at Fairhaven quite a bit. I had the opportunity to to open a couple times for Avalon, which is a a huge, uh, you know, contemporary Christian group, and that they're still around. And another thing is, like, I never thought that you know we we would get those opportunities, but just uh, that's just the way. It, Did it you worked. have times where a church would invite you back? Like, oh, we we saw it once. Like, can we can we try it again? <laughs> oh yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we did we did have some repeats. Yeah, yeah, and and we did some uh, some conferences too um, at, at Cornerstone and then out at uh, Lakeshore. There's there's some Christian campgrounds and stuff. They uh-huh. would bring us in, and you know we'd play uh, you know like early afternoon and then evening, and mm-hmm. you know doing youth retreats and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so that was yeah, it was neat. Just to, you guys put out three different albums. Yeah, of of all original music. Wow. So and I, and some of it's pretty good. And th- there's a song and um, uh, girl uh, Ruthie Henderson um, that she wrote, and I said you could you could uh, sell that song now, and it would be a number one hit. There's no doubt in my mind. It's called yeah. I will, it's called I will not give up, and um, it, it it could it could be a country song or it could be a, you know a, con- right. a contemporary song, um, but but the music and the lyrics. Um, are are just just spot on so yeah um yeah so that's uh so jeff as you've done all of this mm-hmm. how active have you been in the the songwriting world i'm i'm not a songwriter you know i still don't read music or um do that where where i can help is is the map of the song the structure um you know what what you know arranging the pieces if you think of the intro the verse you have chorus and bridge, and kind of what order should those be in? And uh, different songs, I think, work better with different maps and different structures to them. Um, and also, um, I, I've helped with song intros, what should they be, as well as song endings. How, okay, how should the song end, which I'm sure you guys know. It's yeah. You get the train rolling, okay, how are we going to get off yeah. the train? Yeah. You know? yep. um, 
So Although I, your suggestion is every time ending with drums, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Wild drum solo finishes wild every drum song. Wait, wait for it, wait enough. for it. Boom. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> there are not enough songs that end in drums. Uh, Just yeah. saying. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm still at that same church, and um, fast forward to today, and we the, the church has bought a top-of-line DW kit, um, you know, top line symbols. I'm in a my my plastic um, plexiglass yep. cage, you know. But I'm playing absolutely as hard as I want to, and some days as, as hard as I can. Um, and that that's you know, in 20 years, that's how far we've come. It's quite a transition. It, it's quite a transition. So um, yes, so I. That's awesome. It it, it is awesome, you know, it, and uh, and I get to play for hundreds of people every week and. Uh, we also do outreach. We do a huge Easter drama too. That I'm in the orchestra sure. for that, um, and that uh, that brings in about uh, four thousand people over over four nights that come and get to see the the message. And so, uh, so it's just great to to be able to to use my gifts for the kingdom. So that's so that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So where does the transition happen? I mean, obviously you're still doing this, right? Yeah. But what we know of your um, musical background is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, did, did was there any in between? Did it go right from? Yes. So 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 what happened was after Strong Tower Band, um, a couple years later, a couple of us actually started another band called Basic Truth, and I would say that Basic Truth was a lot better musicians and maybe even songwriting. Um, and we recorded a, another full-length CD of original music. We could not find anywhere to play because it was it was years later. And every church that wanted contemporary bands, they already had contemporary. They had bands. They, they didn't need anyone to come in, and so and that's your main venue as that type of band. Yeah, right. You know, you yeah. know, you know, we're not going to go play the intersection or something. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's like you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so you um, might get all the local uh, priests and <laughs> clergy there. Yeah. So so we um yeah so so we kind of struggled with that but it just became a futile uh getting together every week or every other week just to rehearse in this guy's garage and that that was the end yeah. and it's like well okay I I you know it was fun while it lasted but we're done with this yeah. so then I didn't do anything so now well how did how did the threes of crowd thing get started so you're you're in the meantime you're still doing all of your your regular church stuff right yep I mean, uh, yep. Yeah, and um, our, our church has a has a shortage of drummers, so um, I have I I'm the longest tenured musician on our worship team. I've been doing it since '91, haven't stopped. Um, it's it's great. So yeah. so then on to the threes of crowd yeah. stuff. Okay, so, so you're obviously pretty committed to that because I see that emails come out where you guys are yeah playing and yeah, and and this this was another um, kind of. Um, it wasn't by design at all. So I, I knew Scott Vanderark because um, we both live in the Northview district, and I knew that he was a musician, and he had daughters around my daughter's age, and I knew that they were into sports and stuff. So I just I kind of knew who he was, and we went one Fourth of July to go see him and his band called the Lazy Blue Tunas play um, out on a deck up, up at Cheers up on Plainfield. So we went with a group of other people, and they went and. A really really good band um, they had three acoustic guitars and one electric bass and no drums 
Wow. And, and, mm-hmm. and they, and they, I mean, they were really, really good. Great harmonies, mm-hmm. um, great guitar work, and did stuff from the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and I sat there the whole time going, man, I could play drums. These guys this. need drums. These guys need drums. And so, as it would turn out, um, I saw Scott, um, again, never really knowing him before, but I ran into him a, a several times over the next few months. And every time I saw him, I said, hey, if you ever want drummers for your band, if, if you ever want a drummer, you know, you know, you look me up. Because I said, I wouldn't have to rehearse because I know everything that you played. Um, you yeah, know, they're playing popular stuff. Yeah, they're familiar you know, with. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, no, thanks. No, don't want no drummer. No, we're good. You know, this is what it is. Okay. So um, then through a few months later, through a mutual friend, um, we went over to Scott and his wife's house for, for lasagna dinner. And he said, well, bring your sticks. I said, okay. So we went over there, and I'm, I was totally oblivious to what was about to happen. Nothing brings people together like lasagna. Lasagna, you know, <laughs> isn't that true? Yeah. So, so we went over there, had a nice time, and, and we get you know, done with dinner, and, he, and he's like, well, come on down to my music room. So he had a nice big room in his basement, and he had uh, you know, some guitars, and I think he had a keyboard, and he, and he had his own little drum kit down there. And he goes, oh, let's just kind of plunk around here. So, oh, okay, sure, whatever. And he started playing his some. He goes, "Do you know this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know this." You know, so we'd play it for you know half a song. He goes, "Oh, okay." Well, do you know this song? Yeah, I know this song. You know, so so went on. You know, for like 45 minutes. Saying, "Oh, okay." So so we left. Nice time. Get home. Well, he called my wife. So this was in October of 2009. He called my wife the next morning. Go, yeah. Tell Jeff we have a gig at Cheers in January. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't know that one. I was auditioning for a band. Two, I didn't know I accepted to be in a band. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, you know, that'll be fun. You know, it was it was just him on on acoustic guitar singing and playing and i would just accompany him on drums so you were a two-piece we were two and 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 so i, I came well, up well yeah so you said he was playing with uh what were they called oh, oh the lazy blue tuna lazy blue tuna so from there he decided he wanted to kind of go do something on his no, own basically he, or? he he did both for a while okay yeah because he he likes to play out an awful lot and um he was playing out solo um but he said that there were places where not, not getting less keen on having a solo yeah. um, uh, g- guitars, but a lot of them didn't have a budget to to pay a four piece band. So he's like, well, you know what, I you know we can make something a little little more interesting with some percussion to it um, that might make it more appealing and more listenable and still within the the bar's budget, whatever. Yeah. So we started doing that. I want to know how how the lasagna was. <laughs> you know, it, it it was outstanding. It was, yeah, yes. Match made in heaven. <laughs> it was, yes. So we had, um, so we did that, and we got some more dates there, and um, just just kind of grew from there. And and so um, I was trying. So the name of your band, though, Three's a Crowd. It it, it it all stems off of you and Scott being a two piece, and you didn't want a third person. Right. So 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 truly three would have been a crowd because there was yep. just there was just the two of us, um, and and that's that, that's another in- interesting fact is I'm the one who came up with the band name for Strong Tower Band, Basic Truth, and um, and Three's a Crowd. Wow, yeah, nice. So that's, you know, I'll put that on my resume. You got somewhere. a knack. I, I got a knack. Yeah. The, unfortunately, the only one was the Pinheads, which got credited. In, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. In back to yeah. Future, back well, to I, I believe they're still making movies, and I don't know who's been in our audience to see Three's a Crowd. We might show up somewhere. So. Hey, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
So, so anyway, so so we did that and, and got got more popular. And, and at this point, Scott, he's he's got a lot of contacts. He's he's been playing around with the tunas. Yes. And so so he so as far as getting dates and gigs, I mean, he's 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 the guy. Well, from what I understand, he's got a pretty uh, strong musical bloodline. Yes. Yes. So so to Adam's point first, yes, uh, Scott's been doing this like nonstop for 30 years. So he knows all okay. the places and has a good relationship and he's very precise, very detail oriented. And he's like, you know, if, if he tells the bar owner, no, you know, we're, we're, we're good and you should hire us, then then they respect that and, and they would do that. And um, yeah, so so people that might recognize the Vander Ark name, um, there are five Vander Ark brothers. Um, Scott is the oldest, um, and Brian, the famous one, um, the Grammy Award winner, um, he is somewhere in the middle. And then Brad, uh, who now plays with us uh, in Three's a Crowd, um, he was also in the Verve Pipe. Right, he played bass, right? And he played bass. Yeah. And so, so Scott is the oldest, and Brad is the youngest. And um, yeah, so, and I'll, and, and I'll get back to that. So. <laughs> So it was Scott and I for a couple of years, and we would have his daughter, Sid, sometimes come and sing with us. And um, and sometimes Scott and his daughter, Sid, they would go out as a duo, and they would just do private parties and stuff on their own, and, and they're very good, and they still actually do that occasionally. So um, we started having her sit in more regularly and like like sing a set worth of music um, out of three or four sets. And then after a couple of years, Scott said, well, what do you think about um, expanding the band? Um, because now places are saying, you're not really a solo act. You're not really a band. And if you want, you know, we're trying to appeal to the to the 20-something crowd that is going to come and drink and party and, and dance and have fun. And um, acoustic guitar and drums, that's not really going to cut what we're looking for. So, so we just said, okay, we'll add his daughter, Sid, on vocals, and then his brother, Brad, who's now living out in Spring Lake, on bass. And so now we came more of, of a, a, a pop rock. Yeah. And so Scott put down his acoustic guitar and picked up his electric guitar, and we, start, we threw out about 60 songs that the two of us had been playing and learned about 60 new ones and then reworked some others, and so... You know, at the time we we knew about a hundred songs, that uh, and then we were able to start getting gigs right away at some of the same places as well as new places. As we decided to keep the name the, the same from yep. marketing and name recognition, so it's Three's a Crowd, and now people are like, "Well, why is it Three's a Crowd when there's four of you?" And we just say, "Well, it's not about the math. It's just it's just <laughs> about it's just about that's who we are." So but, you're bringing the crowd with you. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, so we are just finishing our, our third year now as, um, as a four-piece, and we only play out as a four-piece now. Um, and uh, we've done uh, many weddings. We've done you know, all the main nightclubs um, in West Michigan. Um, we've done some very large festivals. Um, we, we got to play at LAV's 40th birthday party out at Cannonsburg, which was a big deal. Uh, the past two years, we played downtown uh, for the Fourth of July fireworks at Anabawin Park. Yeah, really? uh, and even last year, we were the headlining band, which just kind of blows my mind when I think <laughs> of awesome. no, 
I just went over there for lasagna dinner, okay? And and now we're you know we're playing in front of thousands <laughs> yeah. of people. Um, you have to be very careful with lasagna. That kind of stuff <laughs> right. can happen. What was in that lasagna? Yeah. 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 I mean, um, you mentioned to me before the number of shows you guys played. I think in 2013, I and mean, it was 90 something. Yeah, 95. Yeah. I mean, that's so, that's yeah. a busy busy yeah. year with with a lot of it happening in the summer. Yeah. Well, year round, but it, it's it was busy in the summer. There's a couple shows that I see every weekend, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it, it quickly um, mushroomed and. Um, I haven't I haven't gone back to look you know the first couple years how many we did but um, last year 2013 we did 95 shows nine of which were weddings um, private parties you know big festivals um, we do some charity some benef- um, charity benefit events too um, and uh, uh, you know that's that's 95 dates that's pretty much every Friday and Saturday night. Okay, yeah. well, I have a, a full-time corporate job too, plus I play in church, plus I have a wife and family. And so I held up my hand uh, about this time last year. Um, and I said, I, I you know, don't wanna hold you guys back, but I cannot do 95 dates. So anyway, so so this year we're down to 75 dates. Okay, you've dialed it way back. Yeah, yeah. Dial, dialed it quite a bit 25% back. 25% almost. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's still a lot of dates. Yeah, yeah it's still a lot and um, you know, Next year, I, I just looked yesterday because um, we are pretty much already booked all for next year, and we already have uh, 56 dates for next year. So, wow. I mean, um, the, the the listeners can't see it, but but I, I brought I brought my calendar. So 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 everything in yellow is a threes a crowd gig. Wow, Jeff is holding up a standard eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. It's very small print and very busy with lots of yellow. <laughs> lots of yellow. <laughs> lots of yellow. Yep. And <laughs> and uh, one of one of our favorite places to play is up at the Score. Um, oh yeah. It's, yep. it's I would say it's the premier outdoor venue in in West Michigan. If you've never been, you got to go. It's just a blast. And um, we are one of their favorite bands. And this past year, they gave us uh, fifteen dates um between memorial day and labor day because that, that's their prime season outdoor season. they got the deck right the uh, bad it's, patio. It, yeah it's it, it's a it's an outdoor stage mm-hmm. um and tables in the sand and palm trees and it's just crazy that you're sitting um in west michigan because it's like you're down um somewhere tropical yeah so anyway so 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 this calendar doesn't even it does not even include all those oh wow score score dates that we're anticipating so yeah so next year is going to be another busy year yep. um and uh most of the dates on here right now are nightclubs and things, um, but there's bound to be other things that come up, either weddings or big festivals or something that um, the nightclubs understand. Well, you know, if you can get more money and more exposure, that you're going to ask yeah. to beg out. Um, we do try to keep our commitments, but um, and try to give them plenty of of warning, like 30 days, so they can get another band to come in, and and we've been we've been successful and able to do that. So. But yeah, it's it's just been a, a crazy trip when I when I think back, you know, d- depending on what chapter I want to look back to, you know, either just tapping pencils on magazines to yeah. to now, uh, or even just the the beginning of Three's a Crowd, you know, to now, and um, you know, I like I said at the beginning, I never thought one I, I I bought my first new drum set when I was thirty, and I thought I would be throwing drumsticks away when I was thirty, not you know still right. playing. Now, and the fact that I'm playing, I tell people between Friday at five and Sunday at six, 
I'm either playing my drums or moving my drums <laughs> <laughs> between between gigs or uh, between church. Um, luckily, I don't have to um, move drums to move drums to play for church because they they're the church's set. But um, yeah, I'm playing a ton. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's fun. You had to pick the instrument that was hardest to move too. Right? Yeah, you know, all drummers have it the worst. Oh my word! Yeah, I know. I tell people that you know because. You know, people will be leaving the bar, you know, like one or two in the morning, like, I'm like, oh, man, I wish I played the flute. You know, this is <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. So. Yeah. Everybody does like a good flute solo. <laughs> that's right. It's, yeah, that's true. Jethro Tull does. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Right out of Anchorman. <laughs> yeah, your catalog, the number of songs you guys play, that's something that baffles me as a guy who I've played in some original bands you know mm -hmm. we've got a short list of our own songs and you know we'll give you a half hour and then we're mm -hmm. done you know yeah but uh to have that kind of catalog do you guys I mean just the number of shows you do you maintain I mean what are you doing for practice for three's a crowd outside of that you I'm guessing it's not that necessary it's it's uh we only practice new songs so so for instance yeah. um we just uh we we always have a a what's next song list what are we gonna learn next and we try to have a couple new songs that are on the radio now or recently right. and then a couple of older stuff to, to have that mix because we do everything you know from from the doors to maroon five and katie perry and we can do that because scott is a strong male lead vocalist and his daughter sid is outstanding female lead um so so we'll listen to it our own for a while and and often the three of them will t get together because brad sings um back up too okay. so, so they'll go they'll they'll kind of figure out the map you get credit for vocals too on the yeah, three's a crowd yeah, site yeah, yeah. you I, do a little I, I, I do a little bit yeah um very little because uh, th they they are really good and i'm just i'm just a hack singer but um so so they'll, they'll get to get together figure out what key um some of the some of the details that us drummers usually just sit around with our our you know just yeah. sit around <laughs> with with our our chin on our on our fists, just going. Yeah, when's this gonna be over? Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, then uh, um, th then we'll get together like once the four of us and run through it. And then um, depending on how well that goes, we might say, okay, we're gonna play that this weekend, um, which we did last week. But then there was one or two songs like, nope, need to run through them. They're still too rough. Um, so then we'll, we'll rehearse again, yeah. and then bam, they're they're in the they're in the repertoire, and uh, that's it. And then you know, then off we go. So yeah. yeah. So Jeff, do you guys do any original stuff? And no original stuff. You know, it, it, occasionally someone will come up um, when we're playing at a break and say, "Oh, you guys do any verb pipe stuff?" And it's like, <laughs> "No, we don't do any verb pipe stuff." Yeah. You know. Um, you know, we're just not going to do that. Yeah, we're just yeah. not going to do that. You know, and, and, you know, Brad. Brad has moved on from there, and um, you know, uh, you know, Brian's still doing it. I mean, the Verb Pipe just released an album, and yeah. you know, that's great for him. It's just you know, it's Brad. Brad's doing something different now. I want to give you an opportunity to say what you're up to. You know, what what's what's coming mm -hmm. up. What's yeah, what's next? What's next for Three's a Crowd? I mean, I know you talked about your dates, mm -hmm. but what's next? Where you want to go with it? Um, and how's that going to happen? Yeah, how's that going to happen? You know, um, 
we, we continue to have to get new fans. You know, we, we have a Facebook page. We have our own website. What are those? Go ahead and plug it. Yeah, yeah well, um, it's Threes a Crowd. You know, it's it's on the on the Facebook Facebook.com slash Threes a Crowd spelled out. Um, there are other Threes a Crowd on Facebook, and it's it's funny because there's actually one in uh, in New Zealand, and um, and and there's one in in New York as well because I've gotten inquiries from people that, that'll message me on Facebook and say. Hey, are you guys playing at so and so? And I'll look up where the venue is, and it's like it's like on the other side of the world. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're not, you know, yeah. we don't have that kind of travel budget. <laughs> and, not, not yet. Yeah. So, so, um, and, and and I'm responsible for for all the post and maintaining and everything on well, on you the guys, Facebook page. I mean. You Google Three's a Crowd, and the first one that comes up is a Wikipedia page of the old TV show. The mm. second one is your site, mm-hmm. Three's a Crowd.net, I believe. Yeah, it's Three's a Crowd.net. I'll spell that. And, and uh, I'll give kudos to Brad um, because he is a graphic designer, web, web, developer, web developer. And so, you know, he, he programmed it. So, you know, certain keywords, you know, wedding band, top 40 band, classic yep. rock band. Um, all that kind of stuff will will put us at the top of the list. So apparently, it's working. It's working. Yeah, and 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 to your reference, some people call us Three's Company, which is the old sitcom, and but we're not Three's Company. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's Three's yeah. Company, but that's that okay. that, you, that you, comes. You are not the first one. Oh, to so say that, that comes up before Three's a crowd. It does. Yeah. Well. Whatever. And Google. Yeah. How does yeah. it work? I don't know. Yeah. They don't. They, they, they whole, don't want you. They, to know. they don't divulge that. They, they don't want you. To it's know. this whole interweb thing. I don't really understand yeah. what's going on. Yeah. It I depends on which it. internet you're using. Yeah. Is there multiple internets? Let's call Al Gore and see what he says. <laughs> <laughs> probably have a perfectly reasonable explanation. Yeah. But if you go to our website, r3sacrod.net, um, on the cover page, we have up, upcoming gigs for the next couple weeks. We have uh, biographies, we have photos, and there's actually a Scott and Sid page on their own because they still do stuff on their own for, for smaller events and stuff. So um, one looking at all of our gigs, a lot of them currently are just at um, you know, standard nightclubs around here. One thing that we did for the first time last year that we're going to do again this year is the Grand Fondo bike race downtown. Um, it, is, it is a big deal. For bike racers, like bikers from all over the country come in, and I think you can do either 20, 40, 80, or like 100 mile races, and um, it's uh, it's held downtown in the Bob parking lot, and they have food booths and stuff, and, and beer booths and stuff, and um, um, it was quite the big event, and so we were the band, we played there, I think we played there four hours on a wow. Saturday afternoon. I mean, hundreds of people come. Yeah, they all look silly in their bike shorts and their and their and, <laughs> right. their, and their clunking um, biker the shoes. shoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. What time but of year is that? That is uh, that is next summer, and it is on June twenty seventh. Okay, yeah. it's got to be one of the weirder crowds you've ever played for, right? Yeah. Attire wise. Yeah, yeah. Although you know, we we just did Halloween. You know, the oh, big right. part. You know, so yeah. So there's very interesting costume. You know, people. Were you that, guys in costume? Um, I would say lame costumes. Okay. You know, kind of, kind of half. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So so us three guys, we have black t-shirts that we've just painted on white white ribs. You know. Yep. Um, but we but we said next year 
because we've already been booked for next Halloween at, out at Jackson Spring Lake. Um, we should go as the Wizard of Oz. So, so totally. Sid, Sid can be Dorothy, and I'll be the yeah. the Scarecrow and Tin Man and Lion. And yeah, it, it would work. I think the Tin Man would be hard for the drummer. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's right. I, I'm supposed to be the Scarecrow. Well, that's what you said. I was yeah. just, you know. Yes. Yeah. If you, had, if you had to pick a through. character for the drummer, it would not be Tin Man. No. Yeah. Clink, clink. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe one of the monkeys. Yeah, with the flying a, monkeys. That's a flying monkey. Yeah. <laughs> See if you get somebody in a flying monkey costume there, Jeff. Or really, yeah. he could he could uh, dress up as Glenda the Good Witch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you for your time today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a thanks a lot. Yeah. It was really fun to get to get to know kind of the backstory there because we only know the Adam always jokes about this one, but you know the. We, we know the viscosity of ketchup side of you. <laughs> That's right. And not the, uh, yeah. not the rock star side of you. So it's, yeah. it's always interesting to, to hear the other side of you and uh, appreciate you. And we look forward to hearing that pin back or uh, pinhead song. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's, yes. All right, I'll, I'll make a note. I'll, we want to hear the pinheads. Yeah. I'll get that to you. Yeah. That's good. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. All right. See you guys. I don't know about you, Adam, but I really enjoyed that that interview with jeff uh, this the story of uh just starting with pencils and magazines all the way to sitting in a rock band at the age of 53 uh pretty, pretty cool stuff actually yeah yeah no i think my favorite part was just thinking about jeff howard in his college days in a progressive rock band in a basement of a dorm in michigan state i still i still well yeah the michigan state thing for sure that, that strikes home go white um, but the, I think the right along with that, when he was playing with the pinheads, um, I just chuckle even still about him getting a reference in su- such an iconic film as Back to the Future. Yeah, absolutely. And then, unfortunately, Huey Lewis not being very cool. Huey Lewis and the booze. Yeah. <laughs> that was lame. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So... Thanks to Jeff again for hanging out with us. That was great. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. Thanks, Jeff. So thanks for the download, everybody. We really appreciate you giving us a listen. If you want to uh, follow us on Facebook, we'd love it. Give us a like. You can find find us at How'd That Happen, spelled H-O-W apostrophe D, that happened. Um, we'd love to get an e- email from you also. You can email us at hthpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, give us uh, a like on iTunes or whatever uh, whatever podcast listening agent you use, whatever that may be, we'd love to get a review from you uh, and even subscribe to the the podcast itself. And we want to say thank you to Wild Bears Attack Elephants for the intro music. The song is called Otherwise, and you can check out other Wild Bears songs at wbae.co. Other songs and music heard in this podcast are... Uh, provided by by me so so there's that and we're gonna close it out here with a song called politics recorded in 1982 by the pinheads with a drumming by jeff howard so that does it episode one there you have it tony for adam hey guys this is tony thanks for the download we appreciate it don't forget to go hug a coworker. Baby, I'll scratch your face, baby. 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 I'll scratch your face, baby.
world on Wednesday. Get together. Let's get together. Save the world.